Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio me and Jay are like 8.30, 9 o'clock start, and just like, sounds good. And for once, I wasn't the late one. I usually was, uh, especially when I was helping take care of Grayson and stuff like that. I, I, usually, I, I am the late one. I have to admit, I had my neighbor over visiting, so um, mm. she came over for a drink and wanted to meet my uh, my parents' dog. She saw him was earlier she, say, in the was day. She, was she playing with your teddy? She was, but you know, teddy's, a, teddy's like a cat. You know, he's very fickle. He doesn't really... You know, he'll come to you if he wants to be touched. But other than that, he's kind of like, all right, fuck off. I'm going to watch you from afar. <laughs> this is great because because we're kind of pretending like, like, at least I was pretending like Teddy is a euphemism for your dick. And then you're like, he's kind of like a cat. He's a little shy. He'll come over to you if he wants to get back. And I feel like that is how Jay's dick is. It, you know? it, it's very much true. We're going to have to get you some blue chew so it can rise to the occasion anytime. <laughs> Anytime you need it to. <laughs> Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And if I'm sounding a little quiet and more reserved than normal, uh, it's because my entire house is sleeping right now. Me and Jay <laughs> could only get together to record uh, on a weekend night, late at night, to uh, to get this episode done. We've just had a myriad of issues uh, popping up recently, uh, most of them on my part, uh, and Jay was on vacation, so we're, we're kind of just backed up for a week. Uh, so, you know, you guys probably will get to listen to like another another thing uh, coming up like I have the live stream for the cure uh, movie cocktail that we did for scream that's an episode that will be playing uh, it either played before this it might play after it really I'm not quite sure um, but you know me and Jay are just working on getting back on track uh, because it's just been man I, I tell you you deal with a three-month-old who has uh, possibly a stomach virus he has got a little bit of a fever and he shit seven times in his diaper in one day and literally his ass is chapped and then you spend all day fighting with this mm. baby and then you go to record a podcast and sometimes sometimes it doesn't always work out so <laughs> that's 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 part of the reason for the delays uh that that have been going on recently i would i look i, I think ultimately everybody needs to be prepared for much more random content 
from Super Movie Bros. That's always a possibility. I'm about to go on leave uh, for my paternity leave and stuff like that. So I will be the, the, the main caretaker for Grayson for an entire month. So, you know, uh, there's not a whole lot of editing time during the day. Like, I thought... That, like, I got a baby, you know, but, like, he naps, like, all the time. In theory, it sounds like you could multitask, but really... But no, (laughs) no. Turns out out you can't. It's it's that baby every minute of your day. Yeah. (laughs) And and that's, that's what you get. You're lucky. You're lucky if, like, you get to finish. Like, Lauren never even finishes a TV show. Like, she's like, yeah, just go ahead and watch watch all the episodes, and I'll, I'll, I'll watch it throughout the week, and I'll catch up. And then, like, Friday will come, and I'll be like, did you catch up on all the episodes? She's like, I've watched one, and it took me three days. <laughs> so it's, it's not uh it's it's not all it's cracked up to be but uh, I do I still look forward to that month off we'll see it might be more stress than I that I'm prepared for but um so this episode I mean we are backed up we're constipated with reviews so uh, we're gonna have to shorten some of these reviews a little bit so I have impressions on two television shows that I watched but they're gonna be brief impressions so I have impressions on love death and robots volume 2 and the new Marvel animated show Modoc, which is on Hulu and then for movies I went out and I saw Spiral uh, which is the next installment in the Saw franchise supposed to be like the relaunch the soft reboot or whatever it is of the Saw franchise and then with me Jay is going to review Those Who Wish Me Dead mm-hmm. Army of the Dead and then we will wrap everything up towards the end of this episode with our two main reviews, which are A Quiet Place Part 2 and the Double Emma-led film, Disney <laughs> film, the Double Emma Cruella. So, um, And I believe Jay also has a review for Lady in the Window or something like that. The Woman in the Window. Yeah, However, well, that, that will be extremely brief yeah. because it's not a good film, and I do not recommend it. So... So, without any further delay, let's get into What Are You Watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, let's get some of these TV shows out of the way first. I'm going to kick things off with... Uh, Love, Death, and Robots Volume 2. So now the difference between Love, Death, and Robots Volume 1 to Volume 2 is Volume 1 was 18 episodes, 18 different animated shorts, uh, all with a sci-fi bend to them, Uh, a lot of them absolutely stellar and this is produced by tim miller the original director of the deadpool movie he continues on with season two but season two is only eight Hmm. episodes so it's i understand pandemic got in the way but it seems like it's taken them a year and a half close to two years to come out with just eight episodes now Rumors are that it, uh, you know, that they're going to be coming out much faster now with another volume. And animation does take time, you know, especially you know as technology advances in animation, it takes a lot, lot, lot more time to render. Um, also, you know, some of these episodes were a little bit longer than some of the episodes from season one, and I still enjoyed the hell out of them. I will admit that for Love, Death, and Robots, see, volume one was a whole hell of a lot more 
uh, episodes to enjoy. But this time around, there were some standouts in it. There were some there were some episodes that I really enjoyed, especially the first one, uh, which I won't spoil it. But it's pretty much an old an old lady who lives in a retirement facility where everything is automated. It's robots. It's kind of like Wally, where like these these robots they do everything for you. They clean your house. They cook your food. Uh, they 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 put suntan lotion on you when you're sunbathing. They cut your hair. They everything is automated. They want for nothing. These these elderly individuals and uh, she's having trouble with her with her vacuum cleaner that cleans her house. Uh, and she goes to reset it, and she accidentally activates purge mode, where it is going to kill every living creature <laughs> in its path. And mm. she's stuck on hold with customer service for hours on end Cute. Um, while she's just trying to survive the the day with this with this robot. And I really enjoyed that one, and I enjoyed some of the other ones too. And I think I think if you were a fan of Love De- uh, Love Death and Robots Volume One, you're gonna like Volume Two. I think if you haven't checked out Love Death and Robots on Netflix, it's definitely definitely worth your time i do look forward to to volume three and them continuing this sort of like short story sci-fi animated format that they're doing i'm just fucking digging it man loving tim miller for doing it bringing me stuff to netflix that i enjoy because it's one of the few things on netflix that like i look forward to like that's netflix is starting to have like diminishing returns for me these days where it's just like there's a thing here or there that i really like they're they're, they're knocking out of the park with some of their documentaries and then uh uh, as far as like the the television shows go, it's like ah, not so much. I'm not loving it much. Just waiting for Stranger Things to to wrap up its story, and then like after that, there's not a whole lot for me to look forward to. But Love, Death, and Robots is among the things that I very much look forward to coming to Netflix. So hopefully, it doesn't go the Black Mirror route where it, it gets worse and worse every year, and it becomes more sporadic in its releases. I want them to have a a, a more streamlined release for them, and and to continue uh, in this vein because I fucking love it. All right, so the next series that I got down to uh, checking out was I checked out the first couple episodes of Marvel's MODOK. Time to change the world by bringing it to its knees. Am I good businessman? Uh, yeah, about that. We're bankrupt. MODOK! And do you know what MODOK stands for? Mental organism designed only for killing. For killing featuring the voice of Patton Oswalt if you're a fan of things like robot chicken you're gonna like MODOK because that's what it is MODOK exists in the Marvel Universe not quite the MCU but like the Marvel Universe he is the character who's the leader of AIM uh, and this gets into his bumblings you know despite the fact that he is a genius he, he, he struggles at running AIM as a company and struggles with his own home life uh, with his kids and his wife uh, and he's also you know a little bit psychopathic you know he's, he's very much egotistical and he is very much self-centered so he is a full-on narcissist but they do it to such comedic gold i absolutely had a blast watching modok uh it's completely irreverent if you're a comic book fan there's so many in jokes for you to fucking geek out over and crack up about uh you know and it is just an enjoyable watch right if 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 you're if you're a, if you're a comic book fan if you're a marvel comics fan if you're an MCU fan you'll get 
a lot of these jokes. And you know, I watching it though, like my wife was completely disinterested. She doesn't know what the fuck a Modoc is, but it's a mental organism designed only for killing. But she doesn't care. <laughs> like my wife was like, fuck it. I don't, I don't want to watch this. This is stupid. <laughs> and she said the very same thing when I would watch like robot chicken, star Wars and stuff like that. So I get where she's coming from. That's fine. I had a fucking blast with it. I cracked up the entire time. Don't watch it with your kids. That's one of those things that I've heard a few people have made the mistake of where it's like, uh, I believe Tony on take two podcast talked about that where like he watched it with his kids and he was like, uh, yeah. And then I realized it's TVMA and I probably shouldn't have because like they're blowing people's arms off and turning people into acid skeletons. And, uh, there, there is some sexual innuendo and dark humor in here that will either go over your kid's head. You actually use it as a barometer for how much your kid knows. If your kid is between the ages of like 10 and 13, watch it with them. And if they laugh at something that they probably shouldn't know about, but they're laughing at it, have an intervention with your child. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, how do you know about that? Hmm? 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 Yeah, meet me upstairs. I'm going to have one of those dad talks where I sit on the edge of your bed. Uh, uh, I don't but, miss those days. Yeah, my, my dad never had those. They were more like yelling in my face, and I was just like, I, "He's like, do you understand me?" And I was like, "I, I feel like I said, I feel like I have to say, I have, yeah." Uh, the, yeah. the edge of the seat, uh, the edge of the bed ones were the apology after the fact of the yelling. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I came down so hard on you, boy. But yeah. you know what? You're a dumb fuck, and sometimes I got to remind you that you're a dumb fuck. <laughs> you, you, you know what it's like. Well, you don't. When you have kids of your own, though, you will you'll get it. All right, get some sleep, champ. And just remember, I know I said I'd murder you in your sleep. That was just dad being mad, dad. I'm bud dad right now. All right, get some sleep. I will fucking kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember those conversations. Uh, But anyway, uh, Modoc, good fun. All right, Jay. Now we're getting into some of the films, and but since I just talked about two television shows, I don't want to belabor the point too long. I don't want to go on too long. I want you to talk about woman in the window. And I had a woman in my window uh, or outside my window and I used to watch her get undressed and she was all right. Um, I don't expect that this is what this movie is about though. Is it? No, no, it's not, I, 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 it's, I, it's not like a pervy be, rear window. Is it? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be quickly going through this one because this is one of the biggest letdown films in a long time. Um, this has been, you know, on the shelf for quite some time because this was a Weinstein film. If Amy Adams was the woman in my window that I was looking at with a with a telescope that I was supposed to be looking at craters on the moon with, I'd be instead I was I was studying her areolas. <laughs> I wouldn't be disappointed. No. But from what I hear, this movie is extremely disappointing, which is sad. No, it is. It is. It is, and it's been uh, long waiting to come out and this has joe wright as director and the great tracy letts as the screenplay writer and so it has a great pedigree of film actors within this but you do know that a writer can write a great story that gets brought to screen in a fucking awful way it's it's all on the director at that point it stinks it stinks it stinks Correct. And it was way too stylistic in a very uh, lifetime movie type of way with a better budget. 
That's essentially what this movie is. This movie, you could tell, would be, a, well, it is a book. It's based off a book. This would be a great book. This is one of those kind of movies where you can tell that this has a very fine line to deliver in a film, you know, a theatrical type experience. And there's, I don't want to, because there's a lot of it goes, dives into spoiler territory. So I, I can't get in, into it too much, but. Yeah, but it's awful. So no one's going to, you're telling people to stay away from it. So just go ahead and spoil it. Here, we'll play a spoiler warning well, for she, everybody. She can't leave the house hold because on, after. All right, Jay, you happy? I, I played the spoiler warning. Now everyone's been warned. Uh, you have two minutes to discuss it. Okay. So Amy Adams is living in denial. She's depressed, pill-popping. She was a former child psychologist. Um, she's living on the heels of this long-lasting, hard trauma that she endured. And, you know, unsuccessfully grappling with all this bullshit she is suddenly enthralled with these new neighbors living across the street from her that gets entwined with her paranoia and her life and other people mixed in the fold that goes into you're, you're kind of reminding me which is with your synopsis here of the claire foy led unsane kind of I, I guess okay. you could say it, it. It there's a lot to be unpacked within that kind of similar film. Um, just a very much more stylistic produced film than Unsane being shot on an iPhone. Um, <laughs> so this one is just horrible because you can't get into it. It's so style over substance where you're taken out of this film. You don't care about any characters. It, it it just it has some wonky horror element action sequences very small but like towards the end of the film that is laughable and it's it's I'll got honest, a lot of hitch a synopsis that really wasn't that really wasn't a spoilery so i retract my spoiler warning <laughs> that i played because you didn't really spoil it anything. has a it's lot of like yeah well i'm no, no, because no, because it's there's a lot of Hitchcockian themes going out with within this film, and you know, I, I there's it's there's too much going on. It's funny my it's fake like synopsis. I even used Rear Window as my as my fake synopsis. So yeah, yeah. obviously in name alone, it's Hitchcockian, correct? Just right off the bat. Correct. But this movie's a D plus for me. I mean, I definitely thought this was appalling. I, it was really. Uh, an underwhelming film to say the least with this pedigree behind the scenes and in front of the screen. So, um, so what you think is good premise, poor execution. Yes. And as I said, obviously I think this is going to be, this is, this was a great book. I didn't read it, but it was based off a book. So obviously <laughs> I, I, it Jay has to be read. a good book. It has to be a good Jay book. doesn't read. I don't read. <laughs> have you read? Have you read uh, our our movie cocktail co-host book yet? Art Farm. No. Mark Dickerson. No. No. Get yourself a copy, man. It's in all the local bookstores. You let that be the one book you read in your adult life. There's there's a good chance. <laughs> let that be the one book you. Well, read. Well, tell us about it's it. It's short. Tell us about it's it. It's short. It's very short. Sci-fi. So what is it? 
No, 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 no. Very. I don't. I don't want to give it away. I want people. I want people to check it out. Um, okay. I actually will be doing a Patreon review of it, though. I'm about halfway through it. So, uh, but I do actually read a lot of Mark's stuff. Him and I, you know, we both write. We both write. You know for fun and for me therapy uh so i i send him like a lot of the stuff that like i'm noodling with and stuff like that so mm-hmm. uh i'm very used to his writing style at this point but i encourage you to check it out uh, but i want you to buy it to support mark i don't want to give you my copy of it okay I bought no it. no I, I bought it on amazon so okay okay it no, is available if, on amazon you, you can't check order. it out and then it's just just <laughs> it's not just because we're friends with him Sounds no, no, good. it's a dark, it's a dark comedy, and I think it's the type of it's about it's about creative types, and you are fascinated with creative types, especially filmmakers and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I think there's, I think there's, there's Fair stuff enough. in there that you, that you're gonna enjoy, um, probably far more than you enjoyed Lady in the Window. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, my, my five-minute-ish review uh, for Spiral. Did you notice anything unusual? What do we got? That Spiral is what I think it is. Jigsaw? I thought the Jigsaw killer was dead. He is. Whoever did this has another motive. This is going to go sideways fast. There's nobody I can trust. You want to play games? Chris Rock playing a detective who stumbles across a murderer that is killing people in the same vein as the jigsaw murders that happened in the years past. And what he is investigating is it's, it seems like they're going after police officers this time. Uh, his father is uh, the former chief of police played by Samuel Jackson, and he is hunting down this killer who is putting police police officers in horrendous torturous situations where they possibly can live however they will be horribly mutated and or scarred uh, as a result of it and i know that spiral was saying that it's 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 kind of a branch off of the saw franchise or it's 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 a continuation of it in a different vein and all that stuff no 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 no. this is a hundred percent saw eight or nine or whatever number they were at they just gave it a new name that's this is saw okay if you if you like the saw franchises that's what this is it's a it's a new it's a new antagonist but that's about it. But inside, we are same, same. Same, same, but different, but still same. <laughs> it is very much a Saul movie. That being said, it's not the worst of the Saul movies, right? Like, it's more along the lines of like Saul 2 and 3. It's not quite Saul 3D. <laughs> it's not as bad as that. <laughs> All right. All right. And 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 good things to report if you're into blood and gore, it's got that in spades, as all the Saw franchise movies have had. And it does have some interesting traps, some interesting some interesting hooks. However, it does try to tackle some socio political things that are going on in our country in a very like ham fisted way. Uh, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I like any time that we shed light on sociopolitical problems that we have in our society and stuff like that. However, like watching it, like most, most horror movies do it in like this subvert nature. 
this is doing it right up on the surface where it's just like yeah man police brutality and and uh and 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 people uh with power going too far and abusing that power and stuff like that the police who do that should be punished and my god are they <laughs> i mean i i don't want to spoil like any of the traps and stuff like that because like i said some of them are elaborate and really fun but like the first one is just a guy like in a vice very much like the first uh i believe a saw movie where the woman had like the reverse bear trap attached to her jaw this guy has a a, a type of vice that's kind of fashioned to his face and he's dangling in a subway tunnel and his tongue is 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 outstretched and he can survive if he'll sacrifice his tongue which technically you wouldn't survive most people don't know this but there's a major artery that runs through your tongue you'll Mm. probably bleed to death but anyway so some of the some of these police officers are in no-win situations and there's a train coming and if he doesn't sacrifice his tongue he will be splattered by the train he does ultimately decide to sacrifice his tongue and falls in front of the train just as it's coming by and still dies. Stop! Stop! He's already dead. Uh, <laughs> that's the very first kill of the movie. It's bloody, it's gory, and then we get to meet our protagonist played by Chris Rock, who I thought I was not going to like in this movie. I loved him. Well, not not loved. I really enjoyed Chris Rock in this movie. I liked I liked the character he played. I thought they did an interesting job of taking that that comedic version of Chris Rock that we're so used to, like pacing back and forth on a stage, you know, uh, in 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 his HBO specials. They took that, they made it dark and they made it angry, and it was really really good coming from him here. I'm like I I enjoyed his part in well, it. Well, he's Samuel the Jackson. one that pitched this movie, so yeah. he had an idea. This is his film. I strongly would say that i mean this is chris rock's film through and through well well he came to perform but not everybody else did is what i'm okay. saying samuel jackson was here to to get his paycheck you know as samuel jackson does from time to time you know i mean well a lot when of the he hears the saw movie yeah he's gonna just show exactly. up the fucking yeah. collect okay it has a very predictable story a very predictable ending it, it it's it's nothing special, right? I don't think anybody should pay any of money to go see this. Now I'm reviewing this two weeks after it's released. So if you already did, you know, maybe you have a different opinion than I do, but I'm sorry that you wasted your money. And I'm sorry that, that I couldn't get this review out there sooner. This is definitely something where it's like, I wish Amazon instead of just buying MGM also was just like, I will take the Saw franchise too. Why not? We'll just start putting those out free for streaming. Cause I'll still watch them. I'll still watch them. I just don't want to pay for them. Uh, and I, I, I didn't want to pay $20 for this, but I did. And then I saw it. And then I was like, it's it's fine. It's whatever. I mean, if if I'm going to give it a score, like it's it's like a C minus. It's like, it's whatever. It, it, it gets a pass, but it's definitely not worth your hard-earned movie dollars, right? Like that shit's expensive to go to the movie theaters these days. So it just is another Saw movie. Mm-hmm. Just with a new title and a new and a new villain, and 
they set this up hard for sequels. Hard. <laughs> they want sequels for it. And something tells me, despite the fact that the Saw franchise had diminishing returns, it's still got its sequels because they're low budget. They're cheap to make. It doesn't, you know, and there, there'll be two or three more spirals coming out. I'm just probably not going to get to the theaters to see them. So that's that. that that's it for my review of Spiral. I'm not going to get into it too deep. All right, Jay, uh, our next review is which this this begins our review reviews together now so uh mm-hmm. we both watched the hbo max film well not hbo max film this film was set for a theater release but because it, it's it's produced by warner brothers it got its theatrical release and it's hbo max release however my guess is the majority of people saw this on hbo max it is the angelina jolie led with support from john bernthal those who wish me dead. Those men that came for your father. Did you see their faces? That's them. I'm worried about what he might know. You really want to die for this kid? I promise you, I'll get us out of this. Take a deep breath, hold it, and lay back. So this follows Angelina Jolie, who is a smoke jumper, right? Like they're at California wildfires, uh, wildfires out west. They're all over the place. Smoke jumpers are the firefighters who literally jump out of a plane, jump through the smoke, land, and begin fighting the fire there. Yeah. Mostly, it's search and rescue. They're finding they're people. They're adrenaline junkies. Are, they're, right. you know. Wild and cards. she had some mishap uh, in in her in a previous fire that she fought, which now has her her wings clipped. She's now grounded, and she is staying in a fire tower, looking out for fires, reporting them as and then having the real smoke jumpers or you know, her former crew come out and save the day uh, because she has a bout of PTSD. Now, I'll be honest: when I saw these trailers. I remember looking at Jay and I went, so this was a Liam Neeson script and instead they changed protagonist from a male to a female and they hired Angelina Jolie and that's what she's doing with herself now because that's what this premise seems like. However, I will say, while on the surface this movie feels like one of those Liam Neeson, you know, quick action movies that are in the box office for two weeks. They get their AARP dollars from, from people <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who don't care about the MCU and stuff like that. They just want to see a, a decent action flick. This is not that it's good. I enjoyed my time with it, but it's not that type of action flick. Yeah, it is. It's surprisingly a little bit deeper than that. And I really enjoyed Angelina Jolie here. I was surprised. This this was the most shocking movie over the last two or three months for me. I think because I, I enjoyed it. 100% I liked the premise. Was disappointed with the way this trailer looked. It didn't look anything interesting, even though it had such a great pedigree with Taylor Sheridan behind as a director and the cast. I was like, this looks such a paint by numbers cliche film and and maybe in some degree it it kind of is but so the premise is like there's a kid who's being hunted down by by hitmen Mm -hmm. uh for some reason or another you got to watch the movie to find out and he comes across the path of angelina jolie's character and she takes him under her wing and protects him through this night 
from those who wish him dead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I expected it to be this, like, bombastic and a little bit outlandish action film, but it's far more subdued, far more character-heavy than what I expected. Yep. And John Bernthal, who is playing a badass here, is not the most badass person in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I got to give it to John Bernthal for for coming in and playing this role because, you know, he's coming off of playing some 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 truly dark and very, I don't know, like 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 very machismo heavy characters. And I think he toes the line here. Uh, I think he does. I think he does a great job. And uh, honestly, there wasn't there wasn't a bad there's not a really bad thing to say about this movie. There's not a lot to great to say about this movie either. It's just its trailer makes it look like generic garbage bullshit, and it's slightly better than generic garbage bullshit. It really is. Like, I mean, uh, you're not it's you're not, not going to have a. It's a not bad a store bought hot dog. This is a ballpark Frank. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? On, on, it's, it's on a potato still, bread roll, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still it, it it's all beef, baby. <laughs> it's a fine watch. You can still catch it for like the next two weeks, yeah. or or probably by the time you hear this episode for the next week on HBO Max. If you have it, it's not a bad watch. It's not a bad way to spend a Saturday night. I enjoyed my fucking time with it. I thought it was really well done. I think the ending is very cliched, but sure. to be fair. Well, to be fair. Well, don't say to be fair. I hate when people say to be fair. It sounds like a to be fair. To be fair. Well, to be fair. With this movie that has a very cliched action movie trailer, if, if the ending's the only thing that's cliched about it, that's not so bad. No. No, I, I gave this one a B. I was pretty surprised by this one. I, I, I really was not expecting anything. I'm at a B minus, yeah. I'm um, at a B minus. But I was but I, had a, I was I had pleasantly surprised by this. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I I, I think mainly because of the fact that I ha- I came into this movie with such low expectations. I had a we good time. We always talk about that. There is something to be said about having, you know, high expectations for something and it lets you down uh it's true but it's true. Know, for this we had zero expectations nothing good nothing bad to say about it it's just like it looks generic and sometimes i'm okay with just watching a generic action movie and but this it, it did a little bit more than that so i give it its credit for for doing something more with this premise that very easily could have taken angelina jolie out and putting bruce willis in who does nothing but video on demand movies now or 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 putting liam neeson in or putting any actor over the age of 60 in and and have them play this role dennis quaid could have came in and done this right like you know what i mean like you could but they instead went with angelina jolie and i would like to think that she saw this and went like no there's something more here it's it's marketing is fucking awful though yeah i agree all right jay uh let's get into our next review this is the uh one uh, we're, we're about a week and a half behind for this one but it is zach snyder's latest is army of the dead and this is this is going to be the the beginning of like our little bit longer reviews, uh, so not quite five minute ish, maybe more like ten to fifteen minute ish. Let's get into Army of the Dead. What the? Oh, You don't know what it's like in there. Not anymore. They're not what you think they are. The Alphas. They're smarter, they're faster, they're organized. 
fed out of your nightmares. Army of the Dead does have a very simple premise. Get into Las Vegas, break into a vault, get the money, bring it back to rich Japanese man. Everybody goes home happy. That's 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 the plan. Exactly. Anyway. However, uh, Dave Batista assembles his team. He, he brings them there. And suddenly what is a very simple plan becomes very complicated very quickly uh, because the zombies are not the mindless, shambling zombies that we would all assume them to be. There are varying degrees. There are the alphas, which are very much more of alive zombies. In fact, we don't even sure whether they are dead or not because I am going to spoil this movie. One of them's pregnant, which means there's working circulatory system and reproductive organs, so everything weird. going on. So, uh, but then there are the normal shambling dead zombies, and they're gonna have to take all of them on. Uh, I wasn't so in love with Dave Batista's story, right? Like, I I don't think Dave Batista, as far as acting goes, really brought it home with this one, right? Like, this wasn't a Blade Runner role for him, twenty forty nine, where he did a fantastic job. I don't think job. he quite had the best script to work with that delivered um the most sensible line deliveries for you know his character no and that was unfortunate because i think his story he had a lot of promise to deliver a lot of a lot of goods and it was flat the whole movie flat somebody i want to give it up to in this though is tig nataro plays the helicopter pilot uh, because she did the job she did where she got me to laugh a few times in the movie. And I, I do like Tig Notaro. I, I, I think she's, I think she's a fun presence to have in a movie from time to time or a television show from time to time, but all of her delivery, all of her comedic timing and stuff was delivered really well, but she actually wasn't on set with anybody else. All of her scenes were filmed outside of everybody else. They kind of superimposed her face onto someone else's body a lot of the times because her her role was fulfilled by another actress. Yeah. So when you go watch it back, you will see some sometimes where you notice the fact that like, is her head kind of just like floating there? Doesn't really (laughs) seem like it fits that body and it doesn't. So (laughs) I I do want to give it up to her here because I did enjoy her here. And I enjoyed the, I, I, I did. I'll be honest. I'm not a Zack Snyder fanboy. I did enjoy this movie a lot more than I expected myself to. So there is something to be said about expectation there. Um, However, this, where we talked about uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead, turned out to not be the generic action movie. This 100% turned out to be the generic action movie. And I hear a lot of people discussing the 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 little nuances of this movie like when when the original alpha the original zombie escapes you can see two orbs floating off in the background like it's two ufos that just flew away then they drop little hints that maybe they're all stuck in an infinite time loop and uh you know there's there's other discussions going on of like a deeper story a deeper meaning a deeper uh mythology going on here and to all you people who 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 listen to the Zack Snyder interviews and stuff like that. That's great that, that, that stuff intrigues you. None of that stuff with the exception of the time loop thing is brought up in the movie at all. It doesn't make it more interesting. 
only his interviews make this movie more interesting. Mm-hmm. But you can't watch this movie and and see two orbs flying off and then immediately go like, oh well, it has something to do with aliens, you know, and the government and all that stuff. Or or there's robotic zombies. There's a zombie to get shot in the head at one point and sparks fly out of his head. And then you find out that like, oh yeah, the government put robotic zombies in there to monitor the situation. That's not anything that's mentioned in the oh. script. That's only things that you get from a Zack Snyder interview. So this movie's this movie's prowess and like the fans touting the fans of him touting like that it's that it's great and it's a beautiful work of 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 political satire that is completely subversive and stuff like that. And it's like, but you only get that because you follow him on his social media. Exactly. I don't. And and and, I, and, that, and it's one of those things that I struggle with 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 a lot of stuff in the movie world and you know sometimes we are i don't know i want to say i think we have a pretty good grasp of it but like i think me and you are big fans of a lot of things the and general we will follow the things that we want to be big fans does of does not know no. the nuances of no. this world you know like nobody nobody knows what the fuck the Zack Snyder cut is and how big of a deal that was the backstory of all that and the history of it all they, they were just like oh okay another version of justice like that that's it that's all they know they don't know any more about it and you know so all this other f- bullshit around f- stuff especially to me it honestly hurt my viewing experience after I heard that stuff, I'll be honest. I had a pretty good time watching this movie. I I agree. I had a better time. I, I had, had a lot better time. Just like those who wish me dead, I had a lot better time watching this movie than I expected to. Um, yeah. And even with the long ass running time, it it actually breezed by quicker than I expected. It's a fine story. It's got good action, it, and and it has a, a few moments that are that are actually really well done. And you know. I, I I had a I I was floored a few times where I was like I wasn't expecting this from him you know or uh, you know I wasn't expecting to have this much fun right I expected it to be bogged down and mired by the the same things that you know the the Snyder cut of Justice League was uh, where you know we try to go too deep at times I was expecting that and I didn't get it it was it was a lot of just like fun. And that's the thing. Like when I start hearing these theories and stuff and it's like, I, I was just trying to shut my brain off and watch people shoot zombies, man. Like, why'd you go and complicate zombies? <laughs> you went, you went and made it harder to get and that's <laughs> fine. You went like an Omega man route with it. You went with like a, I am legend route with it. Not like the Will Smith. I am legend, like the, uh, the Matheson novel. I am legend <laughs> route with it. And that's cool. I like that. But also at the same time, like you also try to add in a bunch of bullshit. You try to pack it all in. You wanted to have your cake. You wanted to eat it too. And now this is not only just getting this movie. It's getting a prequel. It's getting a a, a sequel. Uh, the prequel will follow the safe cracker. Uh, the sequel will be following, I believe, the 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 sole survivor. I'll say. I don't want to say the the actor's name because I'm not doing full spoilers. But mm-hmm. the sole survivor, and there's also a spinoff as well, an animated spinoff that's going to be coming out. So like, you know, Netflix is like buying wholesale into this and stuff like that because it is one of their highest viewed movies in the past couple of Top months. Top ten, right. But there is still a reason that Warner Brothers dropped this and sold it to Netflix. And I, while watching this, I was like, I get it. I get it. This is, this is streaming fun. 
right? And, and if it, and if it was theater fun, I I would I wouldn't have walked out of this movie paying twenty dollars and been like I wasted my twenty dollars. I would have been fine. I would have been fine with that. But I think like its ending is just so awful because as I'm enjoying this story, uh, and as I'm enjoying its action, we we get to this like halfway through like a third act where they kind of just like change the game on us. And there's a nuclear weapon that's going to be dropped. And like you said it best, you texted me and you said, there's no urgency. Why is no one fearing the fact that there's a nuclear weapon going to drop? It's like Dave Bautista is just so confident in the fact that he's the main protagonist of this movie that he's getting out. So he doesn't need to worry about it. (laughs) 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And they're like, just like casually starting to pack up. They they stop people. They have these like weird little soft heart to heart whispering conversations between each other. It's like, what the fuck? You have to go all you have to haul all this money together upstairs on the roof, get in the helicopter and sail off out of Vegas in twenty minutes. And you guys are just like in la di da land. It's like, oh my god, come on. That 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 took me out of it. I, I wish they didn't. Um, well, the fact that like no one gets radiation poisoning after a nuclear well, fallout, th- right? Well, that like, too, that too. But th- but again, that gets into like the Zack Snyder theories now, where it's like, well, so and so was infected, so therefore, if radiation is something to do with the zombies and the time loop and the tachyons and all this stuff, it's possible that the radiation wouldn't affect him at all. And it's like, ah, shit. Okay, I get that, but I had to listen to a Zack Snyder interview to get that. <laughs> It's not here in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not explained. And it, 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 again, it just it goes into my thing with this motherfucker. It's just fucking ego. Everything he does is just fucking ego. And I can't stand it. Taking that out of the equation, taking the name away from it. I had the most fun with this movie's intro that I've had with a movie intro in a long time. Like it's it's up there kind of like with the Watchmen intro and uh, the Dawn of the Dead Richard Cheese intro. Because, again, yeah. Richard Cheese do, does the music here. Watch out, Elvis, as Elvis is getting attacked by zombies and stuff like that. This intro was far more interesting than the whole premise of the movie was, right? Like, when I was watching it and, and you find out that Dave Batista was originally sent into Las Vegas to, I believe it was rescued, the Secretary of State, which is when we see all those parachutes coming out from a crashing plane in the beginning of the movie that's all the crew and the secret service and everybody who was on that plane with the secretary of state him and his crew get sent in to rescue them out of las vegas and i was like that's the more interesting movie than 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 the money heist would be him at the beginning of this of this zombie outbreak going in to rescue and then i was like oh i know why Zack snyder didn't do that that's why this is the prologue to the movie because that is that is Suicide Squad. <laughs> that is the premise of Suicide Squad. <laughs> Get into a post-apocalyptic city and rescue some sort of head of state or, or, or head of an agency and get them out. Yeah. Yeah. And face certain death in doing so. And I was like, okay, now I get it. I get it. Okay. Fair enough. I had a lot of fun with this movie. I have so many more questions than I had fun with it. And the answers can only come by going on a Reddit thread about it. And that bothers me. That's something that's always going to bother me. But that being said, I don't want to shit on it too hard because a movie that stands on its own, it gets a C plus. Yeah, I give it a B minus. Yeah. I I, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit more than I expected to. I mean, a lot of the time, 
uh, elements within the script didn't make Look, any sense. But I've wasted Saturday nights in worse ways, like you know, like where it was it's a nice like, surprise. You know what? I'm bored. I'm going to jerk off, and then I couldn't get it hard, so I'm just like kind of like pulling on taffy. Yeah, and uh, I'm like I've spent three hours doing that's that. That's been my life lately. Yeah, yeah. That's a worse way to spend a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. This this wasn't so bad. You know, I think me and my wife enjoyed it. The length does get to you though, because you kind of want a you kind of want a a zombie action movie to kind of like be quick. You kind of want it you, you, just like they're supposed to get in, get the money, get out. I kind of want to get into this movie, get in, get out. You know, I, I, I didn't want to spend two and a half hours with it. However, that's what I got. And then I get the rushed ending that I get with the setup for a sequel that I don't want. And I get left with this feeling like, huh, it's all right. Could have been better. Zombie tigers for the win, though. Yeah. Fucking I love I, Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> I am concerned about that. Like, I don't want. I don't want to get bombarded with sequels within this world now. Well, it's like Train to like I look at this as like Train to Busan, right? Like remember how remember how fantastic we all talked about Train to sure. Busan? It was so good. Such su- such a different type of horror movie coming from 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 essentially a different world coming from Korea. And then we got the animated spin-off Soul Station. Uh and then we now got the sequel which was in comparison god awful. And it's like it, it can only be diminishing returns from here. And Netflix is, is kind of like throwing in all of it to this Zack Snyder boat. And it's like, I just don't care. I mean, I'll watch one of these spinoffs or sequels, but I, I'm not going to care enough to, to really follow it all. And I'm kind of done talking about it, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's worth your time if you have Netflix, I, I guess. If you have nothing else to do, uh, but if you're if you're if you're the theater going crowd, uh, if you're like Jay and you're you're getting out there, you're going to the theaters more. You could probably spend a weekend better going to see one of these other movies that we're going to be reviewing here mm-hmm. uh, coming up. So that does it for our review of Army of the Dead, Jay. Yes, sir. It's time, baby. This movie is one that a lot of people have been waiting a very long time for. It's one of the most publicized delays out there because this was supposed to be the beginning of summer. A Quiet Place 2 was going to be coming out in, in, in the late spring, early summer. It was going to be like the first big blockbuster that was coming out in 2020. It didn't do it until 2021, but it still is kind of like the first big blockbuster of the year. Me and Jay went out and we saw it. So let's get into our review of A Quiet Place 2. All right, man. Quiet Place 2, directed by John Krasinski, starring not John Krasinski. I don't know if you know But it's written by John Krasinski. It's still written by him, but he died in the first one. If he's so smart, how come he's dead? Spoilers. (laughs) But my guess is if you're listening to a review of A Quiet Place 2 and you saw A Quiet Place 2, you saw A Quiet Place 1. If you're listening to this podcast, you saw that first movie. Come on. You saw that first movie. Come on. Let's be real. uh, Emily Blunt is, is is back in the role as the head of the Abbott family now, and this movie is picking up hours or minutes, 
essentially, despite the seconds fact that the ch- almost. I mean, really, right. to be honest, despite the fact that the kids have aged two years, <laughs> it is picking up minutes uh, after the end of the original A Quiet Place, and they are now on the run. They made uh, enough noise uh, with their with their miraculous Hail Mary pass at the end of the first movie, which saw them uh, successfully defeating the the monster, and and now they are on the run and they are going to their next location we find out that there's like this network of of burning campfires that like if you light a fire for an emergency which we kind of got some some semblance of in the first movie uh then someone else is supposed to light the campfire who lights another one down the line down the line knowing that someone's in trouble uh and they follow that campfire to another campsite and there they run into trouble and i don't want to start spoiling it for anybody from that point on but that's really that's really the crux of the movie so it's really how the family is going to survive from here how do they go on with a an injured teenage boy a deaf girl and a screaming baby in a world where you cannot make any noise yeah pretty much anything above a whisper you're really running the risk. And me and Jay be fucked because I'm loud as fuck. He's got a deep as fuck voice. His whispers, like, <laughs> if you guys are listening to the show, this is him whispering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This I, is as low as Jay goes. And, and guess what? And I'm deaf in my left ear. So that makes it even yeah. worse. I will say this like, I enjoyed being back in this world, right? I love the use of silence as a score for this movie. I thought that was I I thought that was fantastic. In original Quiet Place, they do it again here with great effect. And that's that's tough to do with a sequel because we've seen it before so we're expecting more, but they hit us with the same thing again and still made it relevant and still made it something that I was interested in being in. That could be because we were starved from it for a year and we were starved from this type of movie going experience for a long time, but they did it to great effect using silence as its score. Yeah. I think it's one of the, you know, the winning aspects of this movie is that it's such a simple premise, but yet sensory wise, it fires on all the cylinders that works effectively for cinema. And Killian Murphy comes in to play the alpha male role, uh, taking over for John Krasinski uh, from the first movie. But they did a great job of not making him the same type of person. He's a very different type of person. Everything that John Krasinski was, everything that, that the Abbott father was in the original movie, he is not. And that is one of the things that I found, you know, really, really good about the movie because it, it, it's not a building of his relationship. It's more of a building of his character, which I, I enjoyed. And we do get flashbacks in the movie very briefly in the very beginning of the movie where we do get to meet his character there as well. And we then we see him later on in the movie and he's he's not he's not a great guy. But like I got well, the he feeling had a from lot him. Of- trauma and he had a lot and, of things going on right yeah but so I, got, I still got the feeling from him in those original scenes where i was like I he's not a great he's not a great guy then yeah either, he's so. got certainly an edge to him for sure but i think killian murphy killed it in this role like i i when really does he enjoyed not kill his it? character that's the question that's true 
That's true. But I I think I think he really brought it here. I I enjoyed him here. I I wasn't I didn't know what to expect with a different male protagonist that wasn't John Krasinski. Yeah. And I think they they did the right thing by instead of cloning him, they made someone who was who was a complete opposite of him, but also kind of mentioned that like he looked up to him as well, like as both a, a father and a man. Like he kind of mentions that like he, he kind of like looked up to him like throughout the movie. So it was like you know, yeah, two, I, I, two I similar of aged, you know, right. guys. He's parents, inspired by you him. know, in the same town. You're 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 crossing paths. You might not be necessarily friends, but obviously you're intertwined and you know each other. And that's just gonna happen, you know? Like um, And of course the the suspense is masterful. It is, it is honestly just masterful. I will say this. I thought we saw too much of the creatures. I thought that ruined the suspense a little bit. However, I understand why this the sequel, the curtain had been pulled back in the first one. Right. So I, I was I, I, I was fine with it in this sequel because I yeah. expected it and I thought the creature design was effective enough where what I did it didn't like was me. they showed the even though it's a PG thirteen movie, they showed the creature kills in more gory detail this time. Yes. Uh which actually let me get a better look at the anatomy of these creatures, which I also I also liked. With with that being said, like with the suspense still being just as masterful, which is difficult for a sequel to do, right? Because you would expect them to go a little bit bigger, a little bit grander, but no, they kept the same scale. They kept it low key. They kept it. They kept its budget tight. Uh, is really what it comes down to. But like they kept it low key and stuff like that. But they also gave us a new protagonist to root for. Where last time it was John Krasinski, now it's his daughter that that we're following that we that we care about the most and you know they did a great job with her in the first one i think they excelled with her this time yeah i think i i definitely do agree with that and i think you know they gave the right amount of time between each character essentially four characters but um they had their own thing going on respectfully and when you really understand would you really understand the fact that this is just a continuation, direct continuation from the first movie and the desperation and the fact that you can't make any sound and the circumstances that they're in, this is the most sensible, logical thing and progression for them to do in this environment. You know, when you really, really think about it, like this is the only way. So when you really take a step back and you reflect upon the story, that was one of the great things about it is that you understand, okay, even if you're conflicted with Killian Murphy's character in some degree, and he went through a lot of trauma, as did both families did, um, you understand the character choices after a certain point because of the history and of the circumstances and of what's next what's the future what can happen going forward next and what is the best case scenario going forward for possible of uh safety freedom i don't know like you know i i i really enjoyed this movie this this one killed for me that's a good point i didn't i didn't question any character motivization motivization in this movie whatsoever i did think that killian murphy at one point kind of turned for, for the good a little bit quicker than maybe i would have liked without a little bit more context and stuff like that however like i said i mentioned that like meeting the daughter of a person that he did mention that he kind of looked up to and stuff like that it, it kind of makes sense i 
I do think that like once they get to their quote unquote destination without spoiling it, I do think that things happen very quickly. And I will say that the ending of the movie is very serendipitous, right? Mm-hmm. Like she is facing off against her foe while mom and brother and baby are facing off against their foe. And what one does affects the other. And to me, I was like, oh, that's that's just movie timing, right? Like <laughs> it, it can only happen in a movie. And I am watching a movie, so that's fine. But like at the same time, yeah, where but it's it like, makes sense, though, because it's the radio. Well, yeah, I don't, no, don't want to spoil anything. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying um, to spoil it, but I, 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 I get that. But at the same time, I was like, that's still, it's almost like too, too circumstantial, too happenstance, very much serendipitous. But like, if that's my only knock on this movie, like you know, and that's something that I'm thinking about in hindsight. Look, I, if you like the Quiet Place one, it, it just, it just does it again. It just, it does the same thing again, pretty much. And you're, and you're still not bored of it. And the opening ten minutes was phenomenal. It was great, really. Yeah, yeah. love seeing really John, good. John Krasinski back oh. in that with <laughs> with our day one. I would love, I would love for like the third one because this hundred percent still sets itself up for a sequel. Definitely. Yeah, I would love to see the third one to to continue that story of like day one. Um, I don't know whether, or or at least maybe not day one, maybe like several weeks or months later, um, because by the time they do another one, the kids will have aged three years at that point because this movie was delayed a year. So they'll have aged three or four years by that point, which will probably to be too difficult to use them to go back without using it age uh you know the the way it chapter two used age regressing technology on preteens <laughs> oh did they oh shit yeah yeah it chapter two uses a uh age digression for some of the kids to make them look like they did and for it mm. chapter one because they were not filmed back to back per se uh so i still enjoyed my fucking time with it i fucking had a great time with it i am glad that i from my job i know a little bit of asl because unlike jay who saw this in dobie right you said Dobie or IMAX? Um, this one was IMAX. I saw this in Basic Bitch Theater, uh, which has a little bit of a muddier screen, and I could not read all the subtitles that were there for ASL. But luckily, ASL is set up in such a way that like, even if you don't know ASL, you can kind of pick up on what people are saying. So, <laughs> And man, I, I was just happy to quote unquote dive into this movie into this world again uh jay you got a score for a quiet place chapter two a minus same here buddy a minus i had a great time with it like i said not much different than the first one but different enough that it it did just enough right to be fresh they expanded their world without going too far and set themselves up for a nice sequel yeah and happy to hear the box office is doing very very strong so great good for them happy for john want to see i really want to see him direct more going forward I think he probably will. I think he's going to be very choosy. I want uh, to see projects, a Quiet but... Place Chapter Three, but I also want to see something else from him. Hundred percent agree. All. Yep. That's all. All right, Jay. Uh, final review, man. We did see this in different formats this time around. You went to the theaters and saw this. Yep. Saw it in Dolby. I saw. I stayed at home. Ordered it at home with my family. Thirty bucks on Disney Plus. I got to three people got to watch it, uh, and I got whatever snacks I wanted from my fridge. And a beer too, without having to pay for it, other than the six ninety nine that I paid for this <laughs> for this uh, Guinness draft four pack, uh, and watched Cruella at home. 
from the very beginning, we were like a family. But as good as things were, we had an empire to destroy. <laughs> Didn't know you knew how to drive. I don't. It's a world of opportunity. Trust me. We're a team. Trespassing. Defamation. Vandalism. We're just getting started. So, Corolla. Like, the story, I mean, we, we know the story, she's the evil wench who wants to kill a bunch of puppies to make a fucking coat, and boy, do they tease you with that throughout this entire movie. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, will she kill a dog and make a coat in this movie? Will Disney go that far? Spoilers. No, they won't. <laughs> they will not go that far. They do a great job of making one of their greatest mustache twirling villains who seem to have zero redeeming qualities to them whatsoever and making them a fully fledged out character who has some a redeemable qualities and also some, you know, a little bit of understanding of of the villain and what made them such a great villain. You know, some of that backstory. But what carries this movie more so than its story or anything else is Emma times two, Emma Thompson, Emma stone fucking both absolutely killed it in this movie. They really did. They really had a full understanding of what this movie was going to be or wanted it to be. And I think Emma Thompson just stole the show. I think, I think she really was a phenomenal. Yeah. More so than Emma Stone. I really liked Emma Stone, but I think Emma Thompson really stole the show as the villain, as the Baroness. So this, this story follows young Estella, as she's growing up, uh, as she becomes abandoned, orphaned, and living on the streets of London, where she meets her two friends, Horace and Jasper, and learns to live the grifter life, learns to live the pickpocket life, that thief life, uh, until she gets herself a job in the Baroness's orbit, where she becomes one of the designers for one of the greatest house. fashion, right, one of the greatest fashion houses that exists in the 1960s. But what she finds out is that the Baroness has a connection to her past that causes young Estella to go after her for revenge and to take her top spot as the greatest designer in London. Uh, And that is when her alter ego, who existed when she was a child, Cruella, can really take shape and form and dominate her personality. And we get to see her become kind of like this sympathetic uh you know girl who kind of fell into the life of crime and it's the little whimsical and she's she's got a cute dog and you know one of her bad guy friends has a fucking cute dog who wears an eye patch and you know i'm just i'm just having a good time in the first half of this movie and then they just like flicked a fucking switch and they were like now nah, we're going dark bro so dark you sure you're not from the dc universe <laughs> You're going to see dogs possibly murdering people. You're going to see people murdering people. You're going to see, like, I was surprised with how dark Disney allowed this to get. Well, I mean, in hindsight, when you think about it, like, Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of dark. We actually watched that right after this. Because Logan was so jazzed on Cruella. I'm not going to lie. Like, my daughter walked around with a fake cane talking in a <laughs> British accent for like two hours after this movie. And she really got into like one of her favorite songs is called Boss Bitch. Like, bitch, I'm a boss. It's from the uh, Birds of Prey soundtrack. Mm. Um, she's not allowed to sing the song, but she knows the song because uh, so, <laughs> her mom plays it in the car. But anyway, like, she got into like this bad girl like personality and she wanted to go to her room and like try on like all of her clothes and put on all 
different ways and oh, stuff like that. Boy. And that's what Disney kind of wanted with this movie, right? Like a little bit of like woman empowerment. Like sassiness. she's not, yeah, I, right. She's not just going to sit by and idly let the world happen around her and let things happen to her without her shaping her own image and likeness. And I think that's what Emma Stone really brought to it. And that's like what the character really was about in this movie more so than, than an origin story of becoming a villain. It was more so an, uh, a story of, of how to, uh, of, of how to rise to greatness about how to, and maybe how not to treat others as you do that as well. Like how, how, how to stay humble, but also giving into your own talents and stuff like that. But very surprised with how dark Disney allowed this to get. Like I easily saw this and I was like, a couple tweaks. This was rated R. Yeah, well, but again, this is a villain. You know, this is a movie villain character and it's a foil is even a darker villain. So for sure, you, ha- yeah. you have to yeah. put that in consideration. So that that's why, like, I, I think a lot of people, like, like you know, I when you when you said you were, you know Logan was going to watch this movie, I was like, uh, well, I, I'm intrigued to see how she takes this because it is not a kids movie. <laughs> this is not you know a Pixar film or or whatever. This but- is this is Devil Wears Prada without any redeeming qualities whatsoever yeah. for for most of the characters yeah for, for especially its villain like at least like when i was watching that like uh with meryl streep like there was redeeming qualities to that character but like the more and more you learn about the baroness you're just like there's zero redeeming qualities about this person i hope awful fucking things happen to them and i i couldn't wait to watch those awful things happen to them and i couldn't wait to watch emma stone become this truly awful villain to match this other awful villain and i i i thought they did i thought they did a really good job now i will say like at times like the cutesiness of it also like the little dogs running around the ride just go oh like that stuff doesn't match the tone but being that this is somewhat a prequel to 101 dalmatians i get it right because like the society we live in dogs oh you know but <laughs> there's a lot of that in this movie yeah and and horace uh mostly mostly horace more so than jasper has a lot of like fun and funny moments and stuff like that i found myself being shocked at the darkness at times but also like enjoying the the uplift that some of the comedy gave me where i was like right. all right the, the, i like that it's funny it's it's funny enough not never like a true out laugh but definitely like a little belly chuckle where i'm like <laughs> so, adorable <laughs> so the, the, this director is the guy behind i tanya and lars the real girl he is a guy who I will see a film from. I, right. I th- he gets subtle humor for sure, especially with right. Lars in a Real World, which is nothing but now, subtle humor that builds and builds and builds. I feel like I feel like he had. I feel like there's a lot of flavor from him in here, but also a lot of flavor from the studio. So I think it, I think there's a mixed bags of things, but at the same time, there's a lot going on with this script, story, characters. Cruella is one of the greatest Disney villains. So Absolutely. Th- there is a, something for Disney to want to protect sure. there. So, yes, you're going to have some studio involvement, for sure, and, and, because and, and they have to protect that property. Exactly, and the the, uh, the the ADD of this film at times works and sometimes doesn't work, and then all of a sudden, like, quickly just has this, like, all of a sudden, like, t- 
very dramatic two minute long you know shaky cam like one take monologue (laughs) and it's like but okay i thought this delivered that monologue no it's almost like exactly but it's a eulogy essentially more so than a monologue she's talking to a dead character yeah yeah it's just it's just it's a great moment it's an it's just a it's a highly surprising and interesting film that i again was very pleasantly surprised by i mean i really I think enjoyed when you and this I talked film. about this movie when it was coming out i was, I was not optimistic. excited for- i was i i you guys can listen back on my previous uh, comments i'll admit i was not optimistic i don't like the i much like i talked about in our news episode which either is coming out or has already come out i haven't decided yet uh but when i when i talked about like the the craven the hunter thing it's like i don't think the villain is as interesting you know as as the story that they had already previously Mm. told with that villain and I'm dead wrong here. Mm. This is far more interesting than any, you know, mustache twirling villain who wants to skin dogs to make a fucking fur coat. And I love the way that this movie teased us with that with that very scenario several times. Yeah. And you're like, is she really that dark? And it's like, but but by the time we get to the end of this movie, I don't question anymore whether she is that dark or it's like no she is she's an awful fucking human being but there's reasons why she's awful there's circumstances that made her this awful but fuck it was a fun ride getting there it was kind of like watching jordan belfort in in wolf of wall street oh in a a way kind of where it's like i like this villain but i fucking hate him too I liked Cruella. I liked the way Emma Stone played her. I I, I liked the way they built. But this you understand but also, her. I understand yeah. them, but I still I fucking hate them. I yeah. think that they're a vile human being. Yeah, <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah, and that's fine because that's exactly what you want. You don't want to walk away from this thinking that Cruella is redeemable in any way. It is literally the fall of of a of a human fall. Like they take a character and then turn them into this villainous caricature of of who they used to be. Um, and 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 they spell it out by the fact that they give her two names throughout this movie. So, um, and one ultimately wins out. The end. Still pleasantly surprised by it, and I'm kind of happy that I have it on my Disney Plus for the next couple months because I'm sure Logan's going to want to watch this again, and I won't disagree with doing that. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind a a rewatch of this at some point. Yeah, I do think that two hours and seventeen minutes is probably a little bit too long to tell this story. There are definitely some scenes. It did feel uh, long. That was my main drawback of this movie, where like it, it, if I felt the the length. I definitely did. Yeah, there are some scenes where, like, I remember there was one where, like, she's eating lunch and, like, she, I don't know, like, trash falls on her and she gets, like, a banana stuck to her face. And that's, like, a five-minute long sequence. And then she has, like, this this tete-a-tete with, uh, with her boss and stuff like that over over said banana slice on her face. And I'm just, like, not needed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. She's coming from nothing and rising. So I don't literally need to see her rising from the from the garbage. I already got that from the story. I don't. I don't need to. I don't need a five minute long scene to see that. So there we go. Now we just cut it down from from two hours and seventeen minutes, to two hours and twelve minutes. Let's let's go find some other places to trim some fat and let's draw this story back a little bit. But the performances were really good. I, I thought that they blended the darkness and the humor very well, and they gave me uh, a very fun like Ocean's Eleven type ending where it's like we set up a caper. Here's how the caper went off, and now we're all smiling, and everyone's where they are at the end. And you get it, we get it. 
we know what's next. Here's here's the teaser for what's next. And it's an A minus for me, man. I liked it. I, I enjoyed my fucking time with it. Don't regret spending thirty dollars on it whatsoever. Yeah. Um I actually uh and fuck when, chihuahuas chihuahuas wearing eye patches <laughs> i highly i i highly support that if you have a dog that is missing an eye put an eye patch on that motherfucker it's adorable and and you can also dress them up as little rats and then you can play exterminator <laughs> i i had a lot of fun with 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 wink who is a chihuahua with one eye yeah. and they call him wink i had a lot of fun with that dog that i thought that dog was fucking hilarious i I, I really enjoy I'm a dog person, so I I enjoy the dog humor throughout this movie. I gave this movie a B plus. Um I did initially give it an A minus as well, but um I, I, I dropped it a little notch, but um um in, in retrospect. But i really did enjoy this movie and, and, and I think it's certainly a great it's such a great feeling knowing that we have two women-led films coming out this past memorial day weekend doing successful and being good films you know in, in, in the box office right now so it's great you know absolutely um absolutely Quiet place two and corella both very different both very successful and Go out there and check them out. I enjoyed I enjoyed my my Memorial Day movie watching experience yep. with these two Absolutely. movies. Uh, certainly far better than the weekend before where I watched Spiral and Army of the Dead. <laughs> like those are, th- th- I mean, they're movies that exist, and I- I'll forget them very quickly. But I don't think I'll forget these two very quickly at all. And I agree. I, 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 I I'm going to watch quite- both of them again. Hopefully within this year. Yeah, I saw a Quiet Place too without my wife, so she was like you know like when do i get to see it and i was like well lucky for you 45 days it'll be on paramount plus so she will get to watch it uh so that's that's the nice part about kind of like these these new models that we see coming out um with with movies these days is that like i may get to go to the theaters because i got to review this stuff for the show but someone's got to stay at home with the baby but you're going to not have to wait as long to, to, to get things on your streaming platforms as you used to or on your or on your premium channels as you used to. They're going to be coming out a whole lot faster now because they're yeah, understanding things are that. still changing right now. Yep. Right. Because they're understanding that the consumers, not everybody's going to the theaters. I don't think we're going to see box office breaking weekends for some time that we used to see. But it is nice to see people back to the theaters and uh if you saw the the most recent snl they did a fantastic like vin diesel oh my god <laughs> vin diesel movie theater <laughs> it was so commercial. good my sister even sent it to me she's like i it thought you would like this hilarious. a lot i was like wow they really fucking hilarious. they really went hard on amc but they were completely accurate <laughs> oh it was so good it was so good but like i am happy to be back in the theaters i am happy to see people back in the theaters even though I am a proponent of more movies coming to you at home, or at least the option, the, oppor- the option, the option yeah. to see it at home and in theaters, I I didn't hate seeing a, a Quiet Place two in theaters. Like I I was in, I was enjoying being back there, yeah. and um I I like that people are spending money on movies because that means that more movies get made. Yeah, hundred percent. I I in a, you know a Quiet Place two in in, in particular was such a great theatrical experience it was so good Cruella I had a lot of fun with it obviously but I could still have easily have just had a good time with it watching it from home, At home. and yeah. um yeah that's definitely Cruella if you have if you're if you're doing the full family experience like yeah you know you you, you, you have the 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 whatever the nuclear family you know two adults two kids a dog 
white picket fence, all that shit. Watch it at home. Like you're thirty dollars, you're gonna spend a whole lot less than you would taking the whole family to the theater. And I want Disney Plus to continue doing that with that option going forward. I want there to be the option for me to get Disney movies for thirty dollars on Disney Plus because if I can do that for every MCU movie going forward, I'd love that. That being said, Black Widow I'll watch on Disney Plus. I'm not sure if Eternals I want to see on Disney Plus, though. I might want to go to the theaters for that one. All right. But without getting into it too much, uh, I've, I've got on my soapbox about that enough. That's going to do it for Super Movie Bros this week. If you would like to comment on anything that we discussed, you can reach out to us on our social medias. You can reach out to me on Twitter, at SuperMoviePod. Not so active over there. More active on my Instagram, which is at SMB. Dave, Jay, where can I find you? I am on Twitter, J underscore SMB, on Instagram, Super Movie Bros, and Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast. Then, of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. You can check out all the great shows that are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network by heading over to ageofradio.org. You can click on the Shows tab, find Super Movie Bros, and there you'll find a handy-dandy media player that will play all of the Super Movie Bros episodes that are available for listening right there in a little playlist for you. They'll just keep playing. You can listen to Super Movie Bros. You can binge Super Movie Bros. You can binge any show that is part of the Age of Radio podcasting network i want to thank all of you for listening have a great one cheers cheers